Hi, I'm Jefferson Spears. I'm here to present the question of what if McCarthyism and the Red Scare hadn't happened, or the Red Scare and McCarthyism, as that says. Now, um, some of you might not have had a US history course any time in the recent past. I know I haven't. So you might be wondering what exactly I mean. So I'll, uh, to, in order to aid, I present a poorly drawn timeline. Um, so uh, there, there are actually two Red Scares. Um, they can be visualized as roughly being divided by uh, World War II. Uh, the first Red Scare was um, mostly a fear of communist revolution within the United States, uh, sparked by the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, and also somewhat fueled by hypernationalism following World War I. Um, and uh, just revolutionary ideas or any kind of radical ideas were frowned upon, and the crux of it was mostly the Anti-Sedition Act, which allowed for the deportation of foreigners on the suspicion that they were any kind of far left, um, of any far left bent at all. Uh, and then there was a second Red Scare, which is also known as McCarthyism, which was more, not a fear of communist revolution, but of communist takeover, or influenced by the Soviet Union, or Russian spies. Um, and it was categorized by a lot of intense propaganda against um, communism, communist ideas, socialism, and uh, also targeting of random citizens, taking them on TV, asking them questions about their political activities or the political activities of their acquaintances and associates, and uh, essentially ruining their careers for the rest of their life, or in some instances, jailing them. And the major crux of this one was the Communist Control Act of 1954, which established the House of Un-American Activities Committee, or HUAC, which was the organization that was taking these people uh, on TV, and it was echoed at more local levels throughout the country. Um, it's named after Senator Joseph McCarthy of Wisconsin, who kind of spearheaded the effort. Um, now, a lot of propaganda was mostly what resulted from this, demonizing anything that was at all associated with communism. In this case, <laughs> atheism, because I, I know a lot of atheists, and I haven't noticed any of them being giant, hulking, gorilla, caveman things. Um, you might know some, but I don't. <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyway, you get this kind of uh, propaganda targeting everything, and you know, communists randomly strangling people in the streets. Um, while flags burn in the background, but you, you get this targeting everyone, artists, you know. Uh, but uh, what, <laughs> what this was doing was essentially um, creating this atmosphere of fear and just uh, challenging the audacity of anyone who would question mainstream conservative America. And, that, uh, uh, and if you were outside of the norm, you were dangerous. And it, you also, it created this atmosphere of who knows, no one, you don't know who could be a communist, your neighbor could be a communist, your, um, your cousin could be a communist, and if you were associated with them, you could be targeted. Uh, and I was stumbling across the internet, and I came across this picture. Now, what we have here on the left is an interpretation of Barack Obama, attempting to label him as a communist, and on the right is Senator Joseph McCarthy himself. And this picture is attempting to legitimize McCarthyism by saying that McCarthy was warning us about communist insiders and the enemy within, in, which is now being instantiated in the form of President Barack Obama, who is not a communist. But, um, but uh, I'll get into this later. Now, I think most of you would agree with me that today's politics is messy. Um, you get pictures like this. Uh, by the way, the Joker is not a socialist. <laughs> and neither's Barack Obama. Um, but, but, and you also get people like this guy. 
Now, say what you want about Bill O'Reilly's views. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about his tactics. And what Bill O'Reilly will do is he will take someone who agrees, disagrees with him and he'll put them on his show and he will not attack their argument. He will attack their patriotism. He will attack their, um, the, them being American. He will question their right to disagree with him, essentially. And that is pretty much straight out of Senator Joseph McCarthy's um, playbook. Now, um, another result of McCarthyism was what I will call fractionalization of the left. I don't know if that's a real word, but it sounds cool and I'm using it. Um, now here's a list of national level parties or organizations that act as parties even if they don't run candidates. And on the left I have a list of far left parties in the United States, far left being like much more far left than Democrats. And on the right I have far right parties, which I just define as farther right than Republicans. And um, you might notice a discrepancy here. Now, this pattern started actually back during the first Red Scare, where the Communist Party, Party split over loyalty to the Third International and the Soviet Union as a response to the demonization of the Soviet Union and trying to disassociate themselves from that. And that pattern kind of just continued and continued with disassociation and disassociation until you get this. Now, this is a discrepancy, but you might think it could be a coincidence with this until you realize that there are approximately 15 more far-left parties than I put there. Uh, so. I would just put forth that this is not how democracy is supposed to work. Um, but, yeah, I'll move on. There were also a bunch of things that during McCarthyism were labeled as communist subversion or red plots from women's rights to the civil rights movement, sexual rights, for some reason fluoridated water because that's evil, <laughs> um, the polio vaccine, social welfare, and what they called mental hygiene, which you and I would probably call mental health care. Um, but that was actually enforced in an anti-Semitic kind of way as a, a Zionist plot to throw anyone who disagreed with them in a mental institution, and it was really Jews. Um, but, uh, so you might be wondering if anything good came out of McCarthyism, and I was wondering the same thing one time. So I asked one of my friends who's also, I'm, actually I won't say his name, but I asked him what would it be like if McCarthyism hadn't happened, and he, would, he said, well, we wouldn't have the Crucible, and that's a good play. <laughs> to which he and I immediately concluded that it was worth it. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, on, on a more serious note, uh, what images does the word communism bring up? Now, according to Google, it brings up images like this with Stalin octopus and he's eating the world or making love to the world or whatever he's doing. <laughs> um, and, or, you know, communism is a slave, a, 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 a plot to make slaves of all men. Or occasionally you get pictures like this, because uh, communism. But, uh, but regardless, you get pictures that portray communism as either evil or ridiculous. Now, I'm not here to tell you all that you should go join a communist or socialist organization. I can do that some other time. Um, but uh, what I'm, this is something you should think about and you should worry about. Now, you might not know, recognize these three names. These three names are three anarchist ci uh, citizens who are currently being held in custody in criminal contempt because they refused to testify in Seattle before a grand jury on the political activities and opinions of other individuals related to the Occupy movement. They are not accused of participating in any criminal act but they may be held until the ex, um, expiring 
of the term of the grand jury in March 2014 simply because they refused to sell out people based on their political activities. And this is not an atmosphere in which I'd like to live. And that's something to think about.